All right, y'all, you know what it is. It's Monday night. It's 8 p.m. Tom can't fix stupid. But the Urban Conservative starts right about now. Hey, buddy, do you like NASCAR? Do you like a tribe called Quest? Well, you gonna love the Urban Conservative. Do you like manwich and nachos? Well, then you'd love the Urban Conservative. Do you like guns? Do you like butter? Well, you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Yo, what's good, son? You like pit bulls, say? You like solving Sudoku puzzles? Then you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Hey, buddy. If your car making a sound like this... You might want to get you some power steering fluid and check out the Urban Conservative Podcast. Are you repulsed by the idea of drag queen story time at your local library, but enjoy Carol Baskin TikTok memes? Then you would enjoy the Urban Conservative. Do you want to slap your boss and then go home and make yourself some golden brown pancakes covered in butter and freshly made warm boysenberry syrup? Then you'll love the Urban Conservative. You little over Cardi B. And you repulsed by the thought of Hogmaw. Check out the Urban Conservative. You ready? <laughs> If you think the earth is flat and always on that weird side of YouTube, check out the Earth Conservative. They'll set you straight. <laughs> if you're in a chasing dopey and you love South Fishing the Festival, check out the Urban Conservative. All right, yes, ladies sir. and gentlemen, you know what it is. It's a Monday night. It's 8 p.m. You are with the Urban Conservative Podcast. I am Abdul Ali. That guy over there is my twin brother, Raheem Architect Soto. It's a Monday night, which means you've made it through the weekend to get with us once again for the Urban Conservative Podcast. Yep. Either watching on YouTube or you're on Facebook or you're on Twitter. But as always, please jump on over to TUConservative.com. Support us there. It's a $10 membership. Even though Joe Biden's got everything else, gas, chicken, turkey, hot dogs, everything else is up, you can still get a membership with us. It's a great way to support the show. You can also send us a cash app, dollar sign, TUConservative, if you want to throw us some love that way. Appreciate it, but not necessary. Just enough to keep things going, man. And, bro, what's good? Yo, everything is amazing, man. Had a good weekend. Had a good weekend. Um, you know, active out here on the East End. A lot going on. The weather's been, you know, been decent. And, you know, so folks have been coming out. And I, I have to say, um, you know, you don't know about this no more because you're down in North Carolina. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my, my East End Long Island folks are going to feel me on this, right? City folks, when you guys come out East, right, bring your manners with you, okay? This is just for the record. Bring, but don't act like you don't you don't know, you know what's going on on the East End. All right, so listen, bring your manners with you, right, and uh, and, and leave the silliness in the city, folks. Come on out. We want you to enjoy. We love the tourism, but some of you guys are jackasses. All right, some of you, some of you guys with these breakfast orders in the morning, it's ridiculous. All right, wait, it's, give it's, me an example of a city breakfast order. What are you talking all right. about? So, so like <laughs> you're asking for things that don't exist. You're like, let me get a let me get a, a a Reuben from this place. Like you're asking for like, let me get a Sal's Reuben at the local deli. Like, come on, bro. This is like, wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah. Yo, I got ham, I got cheese, I got turkey, I got provolone. What do you <laughs> bacon, egg, and cheese, boss? <laughs> Sausage, egg, and cheese. Can we get a regular breakfast? All right. Hi, like, yo, I'd, I'd like I'd like a prosciutto thinly sliced over a half egg white, half egg yolk with a pinch of sea salt and a yellow turmeric. And I'd like that on a bed of avocado toast. Hey, and <laughs> and this is the other thing that that, that when you're when you're shopping, right? Try not to take like don't do this out loud. Oh, they they have they have howls in a can. I never see howls in a can. Have you seen howls in a can? They don't have these in the city. You know we can't get howls in a can. Uh, this is a real dialogue. Dialogue. Wow, they have so many flavors of coffee. 
There's a lot of coffee in here. I was like, yo, come on, folks. And with driving, yo, listen, the driving, you could tell who's renting. Like, who's renting a car and they're used to, to taking the uh, the train so they really don't know how to drive and they don't know, like, it, it's just terrible. So just, just city folks, when you guys come out to the East End, please bring your manners with you, all right? It's not right. New York City. Real that's quick, that's my only request, folks. Okay, gotcha. One, one thing, I do got to give a big shout out to everybody here in North Carolina. Big ups to North Carolina's own New Hanover County. Uh, had a great, great event for the Frederick Douglass Foundation kickoff out there in Wilmington. Big up to Will Connect. Harry Anderson and his wife for all their support. Shamika and everybody that came out, man. A lot of really good stuff going on in North Carolina, bro. And uh, before we jump into our next thing, I do want to make sure everybody remembers the 21st of this month is going down at the New Spawn Center in Greensboro. Go to our Facebook page to support the Douglas Leadership Institute's Entrepreneurship Forum going down. They got Pearl Burris Floyd, uh, Nikki Craig, and a bunch of entrepreneurs out there to talk to you. How to get to the bag, man. We got to start talking to people about how to get to the bag, bro. Important. So, uh, shouts out. Yeah, shouts out to Kevrick and uh, the whole team over there and everybody. All good. No, 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 no. You did it. You, you okay. Jumped. Well, no. One other thing that I had to plug it because it's like it's a really big deal. And we are, you know, as as uh, can we say media personalities? Do we? I guess so. I, you Do know what? I was telling somebody that earlier. Like, you know what? We've been doing this going on three and a half years, I guess. And people people go, hey, you're the guy from the show. So I guess we can. It, that's happened. I guess you, you're official once that happens. Okay. I, I kicked my thing out. So I lost my audio for a second. That's why I looked bewildered. I said what people you just have like? approached. I said people have approached you and I and have said the following thing. Hey. You're the guy from the show. That has occurred, yes. That oh, you're the urban conservative guy. We love you. That's happened. So I guess we can we can say we're we're media personalities. I guess we can. Okay. Okay. Well, just just one thing is it's really important. We're not just those guys. We're actively involved in the political process as elected committee men with our respective GOPs out of town and we work at a state level, but it's really, really important that y'all understand for those of that that might be in the middle, left-leaning, that come across the podcast, the Republican Party is diverse. Conservatives come in all skin color, shapes and sizes and viewpoints. So we really appreciate the people that aren't necessarily conservatives or Republicans that take the time to watch the content, share it and reach out to us and say, you know what? Y'all made me think about things differently. So big up to all of y'all. That, that so, watch so listen, the, the, the yeah. name of today's show is Time Can't Fix Stupid, and I think that's a, a, a good starting point here. There's a couple of things we're going to look at today, um, and and the, the, the gentleman I brought on today, and it is kind of, I, I'm going to make this come together. You're going to see why time can't fix stupid, right? Let's go. So here on the East End, beautiful Long Island, God's country, we got every kind of uh, land scenario uh, you can think of. We got farmland, we got coastline, we got everything you need to have a beautiful, beautiful place, right? We have, we have uh, a, how, a how wonderful. You live, how you on. live halfway between the ocean and a farm is my question. <laughs> literally, like you, right? You live literally between an ocean and a farm. How does that work? I'm well, sorry. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Our assemblyman has been, our current serving, soon to be sent home assemblyman has been in there since 2000 and <laughs> eight 2007 something like that i may be off by a year 2010 but he's been in there over a decade and the thing is is that the complaints have been the same where we live and and i recently uh let's say the last couple of years started to realize how important these assembly races are especially here in new york um, that the road to the super majority in the house goes through New York. We we have work to do here in New York. Rod, did we lose you, bro? I think we lost Rod real quick. Hold on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hit a little technical glitch. We're going to pause right there. We'll be right back here on the Urban Conservative while we wait for Rod to get his situation together. But New York is actually in a very dire situation. I know exactly where he was going with that. Hold on. There he goes. Let me snatch him back in here.
snatching back in here. There you go. I don't know what happened. Sorry about that. I don't know. Why it's like that. So, so what I was saying is that the, the young gentleman I'm going to bring on today is, is part of this new energy that we need to bring in to kind of fix things. The road to the house goes through New York. The super majority goes through New York. Each and every one of our assembly races are important. But for me, this race is especially important. I, I got to see him go out and walk. I got to see him in action. I'm very excited about um, what he's going to bring to the table for Assembly District 1 here in Suffolk County. So for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Urban Conservative Podcast. Peter Ganley, peace and love, brother. Thank you, Raheem. Thank you, Ali. And I just want to start with a quick correction. You were close, Raheem. Uh, he has been in office for a very long time. Fred Thiel's been in office for uh, actually longer than I've been alive. His first term was 1995. So you were off by a, actually a oh. decade. Oh, so Jesus. Thiel, no, I wasn't close. Fred Thiel wow. has been in the assembly for longer than I have been alive. Um, uh, he's been in, I'm 26. Uh, he's been there, I believe that's 28 years now. Uh, so it's... Uh, it's uh, time to go. And it's, you know, I'm a big believer in term limits. And uh, I think once we get into some of his voting record, you're going to see why term limits are necessary. All so right. Let's, let's start wait, 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 yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. I want to set some groundwork for this, Mr. Peter. I just want to. Okay. okay. So let's agree. I just want to see if we're all on the same page on this. If you've been in office for 20 plus years, let's just throw a 20 plus on there. Okay. And there are failures at every level whether that's educational, whether that's economic, whether that's uh, infrastructure, would it be safe to assume that the failures in your district, you own them, whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever, would it be safe to assume that if you've been in office that long, you own that failure? Would we all now, agree on that? That is safe to assume. I would say, especially if you're part of your selling point, you are saying, oh, I've been here for so long and you pitch it as experience. I'm in a leadership position. I have the experience. I know how to do these things. If the reason that that is why that's how you're pitching yourself, that you have this level of experience, it's because, uh, you know, you, you've got you've got to take credit for some of those failures because, you know, you've been there the whole time and you've been in a position of power. I'm gonna. I'm, so I'm. I'm like you own it. Like I don't want you to take a little bit of credit. No, you own. You, you have bought the. You are the signator of the failure. But I. Right, but I just wanted to make sure we're all in agreement. Ron, I'm sorry. Are. Go ahead, bro. Well, no, I was just gonna say, Peter, real quick before we dive into you know kind of issues related campaigny kind of stuff. Give the folks backdrop. Who is Peter Ganley? Where'd you go to school? Where'd you come up? How'd you get involved in politics? Give us that quick backdrop, real quick. So my name is Peter Ganley. I live in Kutchog. That's within Southold Township on the North Fork of Long Island. Uh, I uh, went, to, went to high school up island, actually. I went to Chaminade High School. Uh, went to the University of Scranton for college, to Jesuit University. Uh, came back home, got my first job after college working in Congressman Lee Zeldin's office. I worked press and I did constituent services. Uh, I was able to uh, both... Uh, you know, manage some of the press aspects of the office, but also uh, helping during the pandemic, getting businesses their PPP loans, helping people get connected to their stimulus check who, who might not have received it. Um, and ever since then, I've been involved in conservative causes, electing conservative leaders all up and down Long Island. And, uh, you know, when the opportunity arose and, and I was asked by party leadership to run for the seat, um, I, I jumped at it. And uh, I believe the reason I was asked is because the energy that I bring um, to the table, people have seen me work, people have seen my work ethic. I learned from the best, our Congressman Lee Zeldin, who is going to be our next governor. And uh, I believe we're going to win in November. All right, yo. So so I got to ask a question here. Go for it. I got to ask a question here. How does it feel having gone to the same university as Joe Biden? So he did not go to the University of Scranton. I, I he, he was from the city of Scranton. I do not okay. believe he was a university attendee. Um, but he, although he is our most famous export, he is not our most proud export. Uh, he is, uh, you know, the city has gone through. And I don't think he's been there in a very long time because it's, it's, that's a whole different situation. I haven't been there since I graduated in 2018. Uh, it's it's a, a mess of, its, of a city with its own problems. Yeah, he he. It's they're showing him as an alumni. I figured I would ask, but thank God is he? they didn't. Yeah, that's I don't know the answer him. to that actually. Yeah, when I list, I you looked him up and showed him up as an alumni. I'm like, oh it'd my be, god, no! It'd be it'd be incredible if I went to school for there for four years and wasn't and wasn't sure that Joe Biden was an alumni, but I, I highly doubt it. 
Alright. Well, he, he, he might have had an honorable anyway. degree. <laughs> there you go. A dishonorable anyway, degree, if they have those. Right on. So uh-huh. so let me ask this question. Did you grow up like conservative? Was that the, the, the way you kind of came up? Were your parents always in the Republican conservative side of things? So uh I, one of my parents was uh, was a Democrat for a bit. Uh, now they're both Republican. I've had kind of both uh, views uh, growing up in my household. Uh, wasn't a super political household. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't consider myself always being political. Uh, I was always interested in how government worked. I was always interested in uh, some of the aspects of government and good government. But I, uh, I would never describe myself as political. I, I became more involved after that first internship I had in Lee Zeldin's office when I was about 21 years old. Um, and I, you know, saw how that office worked, saw the good work that got done and like how government, a functioning government office worked, how a good representative could work. And I, I saw what was happening in the rest of our country and, and compare that to how New York state operates. And it, it's, it really inspired me to want to get involved. Nice. Yeah, so I, I I hear, you know, it's interesting to me to have somebody, you know, 26 running. Uh, and I think term limits, as you, you mentioned, uh, are important because if you can't get the job done in one or two terms, yeah. you know, I think, is it a thing where we should be making room for new ideas and new energy to come in? Is it, it you know, what, what else would you attribute to that? that, we, that ab- uh, hmm? we absolutely should. And I think, you know, the reason I support something like term limits is because, and and this might be you know bad political advice to say, but I don't think Fred Thiel was always a bad representative. I think there was a time where he came in with great intentions, and I think you know early on, two decades ago, um, you know when he used to be a Republican. Uh, the longer you're in office, the easier I feel it is to vote along party line. Now that could either be down the Republican line or down the Democratic line, but you lose that independent streak. You, it becomes easier to listen to the leaders of your party because you get stuff done, you get stuff named after, bills named after you, you get your the co-sponsorships you need. Uh, if you just play by the rules, go down the line, um, and you stop really concerning yourself with the folks back home because ah, they reelect me every two years anyway. You get used to it, you get complacent, and it becomes it taking the easier way out. And uh, I, I think we need term limits because you, our elected officials shouldn't get too comfortable. I, I always kind of want my elected officials at the end of their edge of their seat, knowing that if they don't deliver for the people that put them there, they're out of that seat. Well, Peter, one thing we talked about before we jumped on, this is obviously our first time meeting, but we talked about being history buffs, right? And yep. one thing I noticed was that the like the framers of the Constitution, the early you know folks that were involved in government in this country were like unwilling to do it. They were like, all right, I'll go do it for you. But I'm going back to the crib in two years. Like, don't ask me to do this again versus people now who, you know, I I, I think there's uh, we're missing that that citizen statesman vibe. Right. Like that. These people didn't imagine us to have full time legislators like that wasn't the name of the game. It was designed as a citizen government. I mean, that's why we still have like, you know, in Congress, we have the summer recess. It's because, you know, half of them were farmers and they had to be back at that time of the year. And, you know, every once in a while, they'd all reconvene by, like, you know, horse and buggy. They'd all get to the Capitol and write laws for a period of time and then all go back home. And it was and back to their day jobs. So it was it was never supposed to be. And obviously, times have changed. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, people at the federal level should be should be part time. I think our, our nation has a lot of problems and it should be full time job while you have it. But you shouldn't have that job forever. Um, no one should be serving an office uh, for longer than, you know, 10, 12 years. And it, it, it's you need to have for some perspective and you have to have some private sector um, and private spe- sector experience as well. Excellent. What you got, Ra? Uh, I I have a. It's kind of a weird thing. I wanted an opinion on. So I have this, and I don't know if pet peeve would be the word here, but I also think when we start looking at our leadership, our leadership should be able to uh, physically handle themselves. I think it says something when you have leadership <laughs> that doesn't look. No, and I I know it might seem kind of strange, but I think it's about conveying strength and vitality and. That's a, that may be only five or seven percent of a qualification for a candidate, but it's an important one that you have leadership that looks like they can physically do it. I, is that weird? Or, or well, 
I think it's natural for people to want their leaders to project strength. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm having, uh, you know, age is, age is very specific. You see people who are 75 who are like, oh, yeah, they can do this job. Um, and then you see people who are, are slightly older, slightly younger, who seem to be not, not as qualified for the job anymore. I mean, and it really should be up to the voters whether, you know, they can handle it. I mean, some, someone like my opponent, if, if that's what you're alluding to, being, being 70, being uh, several decades old, older than me, I won't knock him for that. Um, I, know, I know for one thing, uh, he's not knocking as many doors as I am. I'm out knocking four well, to five hundred doors a week. See, but this is he doesn't have that in him. And I don't, I don't know if that's because he can't. Um, I don't want to imply that. I don't want to guess. Maybe he's in phenomenal shape. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to imply that because he can't. Uh, maybe he's just unwilling. Well, well, all right. I, I'm not, or, I'm not or, age. Or, Ali, or. Hold on. I'm not age shaming here. It's not that. Okay. No, it's no just, one's age shaming. It, it's not age shaming. I'm not saying that a 70-year-old is incompetent to do whatever a 70-year-old can demonstrate the competency to do. Sure. Fine. Absolutely. What I'm saying is, is if if we want people to trust government, if we want people to put faith in government and, and uh, I think we should have government that would reflect the ability to, to, to do certain things. Like I, I have a, it's like a, it bothers me that we have so many elected officials that obviously like we are voting for people who don't give a damn about their own personal appearance, their own health, their own. So how could I anticipate that this person is going to make sound decisions? And well, they don't wow. look well kept, and they don't look like they, ca- you know, they. I don't know. Maybe it's just strange. It's just something I, right. I don't well, know. Well, no. Let me let me take that a different direction here. Here, here's what my thing is: if you got in in 1995, if you're 70 years old right now, you barely know how to use an iPhone, bro. You barely know how to use an Apple. Like a, a, a okay. So, so what I'm suggesting is. Like, if Bill Burr was talking about this, you know how, like, Sean Connery was like, hey, we just slap him around a little bit. Like, he he was born in 1930, bro. Like, that wasn't a good thing to say, but it wasn't absolutely, like, you are the world that you were born into. You can't possibly tell me you have a grip on the world of 2022 at 70-something years old, and especially- With some acceptance. With I'm, some exceptions, you know, I've seen, you know, I, so I used to, when I was the field director for the Zeldin re-election campaign in 2020, I was teaching volunteers how to use uh, the different apps, the different, you know, door knocking stuff, the phone app we use. I was often shocked, amazed, and delighted at the 83-year-old woman who just got it. There were some people in their 40s who like couldn't figure out how to get the app yeah. to work with the Bluetooth and all that. But I, I remember specifically there was one woman, she's 83 years old, and she's cranking out phone calls like a, like a maniac, like just, just blowing everyone away, working working her, working her butt off. And uh, and uh, she knew how to, she needed very little direction. It was good. very intuitive. And I think that comes down to having good grandkids. I think that's what it comes down to. All right, cool. So we'll take that. Actually, I think that's where me and you first met, Peter, was during that the re-election campaign. Possibly, yes. Yeah, that, that's where we met. Yeah, I think we, we were in a barn. We were in a barn somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, real, real quick, guys. At the 23 and a half minute mark, you are checking out the Urban Conservative Podcast. You're either watching on YouTube, Facebook, or over on Twitter. Please give us a like, a share. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that little notification bell so you know whenever we go live. And as always, if you want to support the show, you can do so. So throw us a cash app at dollar sign TU conservative. We are talking with Peter Ganley, who is running for assembly district one in New York state. And right now you have a campaign. You're in the full swing of things going on. You've got some events coming up. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the events. What you got coming up Peter? So I have a, my next fundraiser is August 1st. Um, that is at Edgewater and Hampton Bays. Uh, you know, it's the heart of my district. I, I, I like to think that Hampton Bays is my path to victory. Uh, it's a it's a great area. I've gotten to know it really well. I'm a North Fork guy, uh, which is newly included in this district after redistricting. But the South Fork has been uh, it's been incredible to get to know it. It's a there's no place on earth like it. It's uh, really really awesome. And Raheem, uh, you guys down at the South Fork uh, are very blessed to have the place you do. So I'm having a fundraiser there August first. Uh, hope you guys come out. And um, you know, committee person rate is only uh, seventy five dollars, I believe. Uh, We've been doing great on fundraising so far. Um, I think we've raised more than anyone who has attempted to run against Fred Field this decade. Uh, yeah, there's the invite. There you threw it up. And that's my Facebook page, Peter Ganley for Assembly. Um, so that'll be on August 1st. 
Monday absolutely. at 6.30 p.m. And guys, you don't want to miss this because Edgewater is absolutely beautiful. Um, we just did a, our GOP Looks Like Me event. And I want to thank you, Peter, for coming out to that and supporting absolutely. us and showing up. Um, but guys, please come out Monday, August 1st, 6.30 p.m. Make sure if you want to get in the comment section, you want to get tickets, you want to support the campaign, make sure to go to uh, Ganley for Assembly. Um, he's he's everywhere, man. We gotta we gotta talk about PeterGanley.com. VotePeterGanley.com. Now I want to talk that, about speaking of voting, not to cut you off, but there's yeah. some issues that I want to throw out there. Um, and we'll circle back because I also want to talk a little bit about uh the, the congressional uh campaign here, and I want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the gubernatorial campaign as well that, that's going on with Lee. But I want to talk about the East End specifically as we're coming off that that there's some things that that uh what we what we know them as make a deal feel around these parts. There's some things that 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 make a deal feel is done um that have worked in in the interest of of the Democrat Party of the far left agenda. And I kind of want to expose some of those things and and see what your position is for those who Absolutely. may not know your position on some of these things. So he uh took a voter uh one of the you know one of the voter websites and i'll just show it to you here i'll just show i'll share the screen so that way everybody can see it what i'm looking at share screen and this is your voter it's called voter self-defense system at vote smart okay um for those that want to follow along at home okay we're going to add this to the screen here so the first thing i want to ask you about um pro-life guy pro-choice guy what's your stance on that uh, I consider myself pro-life, uh, but I do believe abortion is healthcare. So I believe that, by definition of it being healthcare, it should be left to the states. Uh, it is, you know, I, I don't believe the federal government has uh, any authority over healthcare. I believe that, you know, it's clearly laid out in the Constitution that public health is determined to the states. That being said, um, you know, I, it's an, it's a New York decision, and I frankly don't see any changes in New York uh, happening anytime soon, any significant changes. But there are those edge cases that you see, um, you know, that have almost universal opposition. And I think what what you're about to bring up, um, you know, something along the lines of, uh, you know, they're talking about uh, flying people in on New York taxpayer money from other states who have restrictions on abortion on U.S. Mm. on New York taxpayer money, flying them in uh, to Mm. receive or receive an abortion. I would oppose that. Um, I think New York taxpayer funds should be spent towards helping New Yorkers. And Raheem, were you about to bring up something specific on this? Well, he he supports, and I want to make sure, Ali, can you see what's on the screen? Do you see Oh, that? I see it. I see it. The top one. Do you support requiring parental notification before an abortion is performed on a minor? No. That's Do a little troubling. That's, that's, that's troubling. That's. Uh, so you usually need your parents' permission to get a Tylenol in, in some of these school nurses and some of these, uh, in, in right. some of these schools. So I. I can't imagine myself ever supporting something like that. It's, you know, it seems, you know, more more parental control, the better uh, in, in children's like healthcare, education in general. So this is, and, and I think you alluded to this earlier, Peter, that maybe early in his career, he might've been a moderate Democrat, a rep- early on a Republican, maybe a moderate Democrat at some point, but when you when you don't support letting parents know that their minor child is going to have an abortion you're playing you're you're what what how do we account for this and and i'm pretty sure this isn't you know i've i haven't received this information as a as a constituent of his that he's voting on these things and that he's approving these things so you know is that just swamp creature 101 what is that so fred thiel's voting record is 97 percent in line with the majority leader in the assembly that is not a number i made up that is a number on the spreadsheet that's over the last three terms that is every vote counted up in line with the majority leader of the assembly and now that's not a left versus right thing specifically that's a new york city thing a lot of our problems in new york state are less less for left versus right they're regional you know it's about getting you know bringing resources home to your district serving your district and if he's voting with new york city's leadership on 97% of issues, what the hell is he doing representing the east end of Long Island that has entirely different issues than New York City? Um, it, it, it goes along the line of what I was saying earlier, that the longer you're there, the easier it is to just become that, you know, do what leadership tells you to do, vote down the line. And that's that's what we've seen him do on so many of these votes. He had one in specific earlier this year 
um, that almost nobody talked about. It was a vote that they would stream their committee meetings. The state Senate does this already. The state assembly doesn't. And it's where, you know, a lot of these bills originate. It, and you, in committee, they you want to, and, you know, I believe that voters should have a right to see what their lawmakers are up to. More transparency is almost always a good thing. You want to see how the sausage gets made. You want to see, you know, what goes into this process and what your elected member of the New York State Assembly is proposing and what they're in support of, what they're not. And he voted along with every Democrat in the Assembly. No. Nope. No, no chance they would ever support uh, any any form of transparency in committee meetings. That's a vote that seems like a no brainer. That sounds like something universally, I could bring that up to uh, the most left-wing Democrat you could imagine, and they'd be on our side. Oh. The most right-wing Republican, they're on our side. That's that's just not serving your constituency. That's serving your party boss. All right. Do you think that? Do you think that um, we have a we we have a, a opportunity here this year because we're coming off of some wins. We're coming off of putting a, a, a Republican majority. Uh, uh, in the, in our legislature here, we're, we're coming off of a, a race with Ray Tierney having a Suffolk County district yes. attorney. We're coming in, we're coming off of some really, really strong energy, right? So what do you think we have to do here? Uh, you know, outside of the groundwork, outside of the, 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 the grind, you know what I mean? To, to really get people to recognize that these decisions are not good. Like we're not headed in a good direction when you got career politicians like Dill who's technically one foot out the door. And I don't think this is a rumor anymore that he's one it's foot not. out the door building a house in North Carolina gone. I think once you start that process, I don't even think it's, it makes sense for him to run at this point because you're already halfway gone. Yeah. So he's, he's building his, uh, you know, retirement home, whatever home is his new home in North Carolina. Uh, that's a no, not really a rumor. No, we don't want yeah, you, you, you get him now. No. Uh, just hope he just hope he doesn't run for your state house. You're you're in trouble. Um, so he, um, you know, he's on the way out. And I try to make the point: is this? Like, do you really want a representative that's checked out? Do you really want someone like you said with one foot out the door? I'm not going anywhere. My future is the East End of Long Island. I I often say I will live and die in South Old Town, and I I'm stand by that. And yeah, I have a ve very vested interest in the future of my community because I'm going to be here a long time. Uh, and out, I'm not going anywhere. Out. Yeah, shouts out to, to Chairman McGreevy and the whole South Hole GOP. All a bunch of great guys and gals mm -hmm. over there. You guys are really awesome over there. Y'all show me a lot of love when I come out you guys' way. So shouts out to the whole team over there. We appreciate you guys. Um, now, 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 let's let's talk about door knocking, right? Um, mm -hmm. How has that been as an experience, right? Um, you've been out pretty much every week and pretty interesting. Right. So it's been fun. So I've, I've always canvassed for other Republican candidates. I've canvassed for Lee Zeldin. I've knocked doors for like these county legislative races. I remember I, I've gone as far west as uh, to help Anthony Piccarillo out in his legislative district and all, all these people all around Long Island who, who I think would win the races. And I've been doing it on behalf of others and doing it uh, on behalf of yourself is a very new experience. Um, and it's been something, you know, I, I think I picked up on it pretty quickly. And honestly, I listen more than I speak at most of these doors and I learn more than, than I'm speaking because at, at least every time I go out when I'm hitting these doors, I learn something I didn't know before. I think it makes me a better candidate. I think it makes me a better neighbor because these, again, these are all my neighbors. It's an assembly district. It's a small place. And, I, and it's, uh, I look forward to doing it every, every chance I get. And, uh, I, I usually do about four, four to 500 a week, 500 on a great week, 400 on a regular week, sometimes dip down to 300 if it's a crazy week, but um, it's something I always look forward to doing. Absolutely, absolutely. What you got, Ali? So one thing I got to throw out there, man, young man said he's in his early, mid-20s, and um, where I'm at, I chair my executive, uh, my county party. So um, on my executive committee, we're about 40% young Republicans, people between the wow. ages of 18 and 40. That's awesome. And uh, we just had our state young Republicans convention down in D.C. They're doing the young Republicans leadership just happened uh, this past weekend. Matter of fact, you guys, this guy that's running up against uh, Schumer was out there. Joe Pinion was out Joe there. Joe Pinion. Yeah. Great guy. Um, just 
what what's your take on being a young Republican? Where do you see the party going as the future? And uh, what what do you say to other young folks, you know, in your age group that may be kind of on the fence about getting involved politically? What do you say to those folks, um, especially given how serious what y'all situation is legislative in New York? And then, you know, knowing the role that your state's going to play in us being able to take the Congress. Talk to that young Republican stuff for a second so 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 many people um you know you hear it a million times it's tale as old as time my kid went to college and he became a liberal it's a story you hear constantly um but at the end of the day uh we're seeing more and more as soon as they leave college and get a job they often come right back uh or if they're not a conservative they definitely don't identify uh, as as a democrat or with the views that they once had um a lot of people are disgruntled especially in my district if i can just talk to my area in particular it's become very unaffordable to live here. Um, you know, being 26 years old on the North Fork, I, I can attest to that. Uh, so many people I know and grew up with, you know, moved away. Uh, they moved down to states like yours, states like Florida, or, or they rolled the dice and took their chances in the city just because, you know, they. it's so hard to live here, so hard to be able to afford to live here. And a lot of them are, are coming to the understanding that we need new leadership in New York State. This isn't sustainable. We can't keep electing the same people who put us into this mess, who who have made it so ridiculous to live here. And and kind of what we were talking about earlier, I'm running against a guy who has made it so ridiculously expensive to live on the east end of Long Island that even he has to move. He's leaving the state when he's done. It's not a, he's, you know, he, he breaks it and leaves it. He He's, it's not, um, it, it's something we're seeing it on both ends. We're seeing young people who have to move out because, you know, they'll take a, a job that pays less somewhere else just because the cost of living is less. Or you see it on the other end, people retirement age who are all of a sudden sitting on, you know, this solid asset in their home. They'll sell it and realize I'm on a fixed income. I cannot afford New York on a fixed income, especially with prices rising, rising every day. You don't know what the cost of groceries is going to be next month. It could be terrifying. It's terrifying now. So you, we're seeing, you know, and we can't just become a community. Although the one thing we do great here is schools. We can't just become a community of parents of school-aged children. We're losing our, our retired folks on a fixed income, and we're using our young people uh, who are starting families elsewhere. That's a, a very important factor to bring up. And one of the things that you touched on, and look, I, I as a guy who's in his about to be mid-40s, you're absolutely right. You need that diversity to make any mm -hmm. community work. There's wisdom in having some of those retired folks there. You need that yep. tax base there. You need in industry. You need all those mm -hmm. things. So I'm glad to see there's young people um, thinking about it from that perspective. What you got, Ra? I see you, you got something. Nah, so, so I mean, listen, I, I want to go back to this because we got a, we got an opportunity here to get Lee Zeldin elected. And we here fully endorse Lee at the Urban Conservative at the New York Black Conservative Voices. We a thousand percent endorse Lee. Um, I've, I've had the pleasure of, of talking with him, you know, intimately on, on occasions. Um, Heather's had the opportunity to have conversations with him and his wife and his family about issues, and they were very attentive. They listened. And not only that, um, he's, he's brought those issues to his campaign. The things that we mentioned to him about uh, the religious religious exemption for vaccinations being taken away and how it impacted our families. Um, you know, he it, it's the thing that impressed me with Lee was that I had seen him at an event and, I, you know, I'd not seen him for a few weeks and I, you know, a month or whatever. Then I seen him again, Raheem, right? So for somebody that's seeing that many people to recognize you and remember you, that's important. What what do you think? Um, how how do you feel Lee's going to do when he becomes our next governor of New York? Because I have people saying to me, Peter, that oh he's not going to do what he says he's going to do, and I'm like, well, y'all don't know the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like clearly, I don't know. But but how he, do you think he's going to do? I think he's going to do phenomenal. I mean, there, there's nobody I met I've ever met with that kind of drive, the kind of drive that he has uh, when when he commits something, he he goes out and does it. We're talking about a guy that when he first ran for Congress, he knocked out like a, like a 10 to 12 year incumbent of his own. Like uh -huh. he, he did that as a young guy um, and, and took out the, a super left wing uh, representative uh, from Southampton. Sounds familiar. Um, and he was able to be elected to Congress. And he's somebody who has never disappointed in his voting record. He does what he says he's going to do. He doesn't flip-flop. He doesn't backtrack. He, he sticks to his principles. He sticks to his guns. And most importantly, what he understands, what he understands in Congress is he's a representative and that he's always looking to be, to represent the people in his district and yeah. to keep their needs uh, in the forefront of his mind. 
So before he's anything else, he is a representative of the people of Suffolk County. And I think he's going to do a great job in New York and specifically for Long Island. I mean, we've never had a governor from Suffolk County before. This is going to be huge. We're going to we're going to elect a governor who knows more about Suffolk County and the issues of the East End in particular than anybody else who's ever been in that seat, who's ever been in the governor's mansion. And I look forward to working with him because when I ask when we're in this assembly and we need uh, a million dollar cash infusion for something like the Peconic Estuary Partnership, which is critical for protecting our local environment, all of these environmental issues, everything that is kind of the backbone of our local economy that is super niche and specific to uh, the two forks of Long Island, he's going to understand those because he's worked on those issues in Congress. And me having that relationship with him and knowing that he knows those issues in and out is going to be a giant asset uh, to Long Island that I think people are are super focused on the, you know, putting a solid conservative leadership in the governor's mansion. That's obviously important. That's obviously the goal. But on a, on a deeper level, we're talking about somebody that is going to deeply understand the local issues. Yeah. And I and I said that initially, uh, I thought Lee was was the best qualified uh, during the, you know, when we looked at the, the, the lineup from the primaries, I said, well, Lee's clearly the most qualified. And I based that on some of what you were saying was that we have yeah. such a diverse uh, uh, landscape here on the East End. He's had to deal with the marine lands and the fishing community and the farming community and, the, yeah. you know, the Shinnecock folks. And, the, and, and he's had to deal with such a wide range of 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 environment here on the east end that i think you know that has well prepared him and knowing how the city operates and you know working with former president trump being in the spotlight he's handled that uh you know very very well um so here like i said at the urban conservative we one million percent endorse lee and the rest of the republican candidates um shouts out to paul rodriguez who will be on the show the 25th uh michael henry allison esposito I mean, the whole hey, ticket. We hey, got an Rob, amazing hold on. ticket. Yeah. There was one other brother I think y'all wanted to talk about real quick. Lilota. Isn't uh, Nick Lilota yes. running for something? Yes, something y'all wanted to yeah, bring shout out to, out to Nick. Yeah. My good friend Nick Lilota is running for Congress to uh, succeed Lee Zeldin. Uh, you know, Lee's off running for governor. The seat is open. Um, and there is nobody better qualified to pick up that mantle than Nick Lilota. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Nick is a Navy guy, Lee was an Army guy. It's so important that Suffolk County has a representative in Congress who has military experience because we have one of the densest populations of veterans in New York State. Uh, It's super important to have someone who has experienced those issues, has worked in helping veterans uh, connect with the VA and help help them with issues uh, uh, of that matter. He's he's a guy who raises a young family on Long Island. It's not theoretical to him. He actually does it. When he's thinking about inflation, he sees the price of gas go up. When he's taking his kids to uh, lacrosse tournaments and everything he does for, uh, you know, he's got free athletic kids. Like he, he sees, you know, the price of gas go up. He, he's, he's making ends meet with his own family. Uh, he's someone who is going to be such a great representative for us in Washington because he, he lives in our district. He's our, he lives in our, in our, in our County. He he's a great um, example of, uh, of what it means to be a Suffolk County resident. And he is, he's gonna do a great job. And right now he's in a primary with this, uh, with this person who is a little disingenuous. She moved here June 1st to run for Congress. She's not really from here. She's a lobbyist type. Nick's the only guy in this race who isn't a lobbyist on the Republican side. That's we don't, important. we don't. And especially in this district, I mean, you, Raheem, you probably remember 2018. Uh, you remember that guy, Perry Gershon ran for Congress. Yeah, People oh. come in from outside. With all the millions of dollars, everyone tries to buy this seat. You can't buy this seat. It's no. you, it's not it's you. It's not something you can purchase. Long Islanders can smell a fraud from a mile away, and uh, this time we can smell it from three hundred miles away because uh, this woman Michelle Bond actually lives in Maryland. Uh, she's got her her nice four million dollar home there, and uh, she has no business running for Congress in this district. So August twenty third is the date for that primary. Uh, it is the uh, Republican primary for Congress. And I hope everyone comes out and supports my friend, Nick Lalota. He's going to do a great job um, and he's going to win in November. Yeah, we need to get Nick on the show. Nick, you need to come on the show, buddy. You need to get, come on through the Urban Conservative, do an interview with the folks. I'll give him a call. He yeah, will 100% yeah, yeah. do that. Yeah, let's, let's he get loves, that done. And by the way, he loves, uh, you know, he's, he's a Western Suffolk guy. 
Uh, I'm, I'm an Eastern Suffolk guy. I have been, uh, I've been showing him around all the East end. You know, he, he loves coming out here. So he yeah, loves, cool, uh, seeing, cool. seeing our area. I know he had a good time. He was at the, our, the GOP looks like me event with me as well. Uh, with Absolutely. You, 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 it was a giant success. Uh, he'll be at my fundraiser August 1st. So yeah. you'll, you'll see him there and, uh, you, we can, uh, we can both harass him to get on the show Yeah, no, and that's it, he'll, he'll do it. No problem. Right, shout yo, shout out to brother Paul. Hold on before you do that. Brother Paul said, what is the best suggested way to get to know the candidates before voting? And I'm telling you, brother Paul, this is an amazing, amazing question. And the first thing you want to do, and I'm, and I'm going to put this in simple terms, is run down on them and talk to them. Walk up to them at their events. Go to their events. Do a background search. Spend the $19 and do a background search like you would on somebody you're going to let work in your home, right? Find out about where their stance is on issues. So the first step is get in touch with them, run up to them, go ask for a phone number, get an email, ask to sit down to have a cup yeah. of coffee. Peter, you would agree with that, right? If, I if would someone agree with reaches that out, 100%. If someone reaches out and says, hey, Peter, I'm a constituent. Can we sit down? I'd like to have a 10-minute conversation and a cup of coffee with you. What's your Absolutely. Response? I do that 100%. When I knock doors, I actually walk around. I have my palm card, but I also have uh, my my uh, my business card with my information on it. Um, and people have called me a, a, a madman for doing this. Everyone has told me it's a terrible idea, but my personal email's on there and I give my personal email out to strangers. I'm like, please, please, just if you have questions about where I stand on something, send me an email. I will get back to you because I would rather communicate with somebody who vehemently disagrees with me. Like I would rather have that conversation with somebody for like 20 minutes rather than somebody who's indifferent. I, I would rather have that conversation because at least I know they're engaged. At least I know they care. Um, and I, I look forward to, you know, reaching out to just having any conversation with anybody I look to represent because it yeah. makes me a better representative having those conversations. Excellent. If a candidate, doesn't respond to an email and is non-responsive and you can't get a hold of them that's to me is a red flag what what peter's saying should be par for the course which is if you contact someone especially an assemblyman especially a city council person or a school board candidate or a comptroller candidate or a town clerk or a tax assessor the people that are directly involved in how your community functions and they don't they can't get up with you that's a red flag if they can't respond to an email that's a red flag Right. And one thing I was going to add to that real quick, Brother Paul, thanks for that question, because thank you. First, it first starts with wanting to be informed. And that is the very, very first step is even wanting to know about the candidates, because so many people, to Peter's point, are just apathetic about it. They're like, hey, I'll, I'll mark whoever's name is on the thing. Yeah. Right. Like, And so you, you, you got to get, have the, you get the guy who says it's all right to kill a baby up until nine months and you're stuck with that guy. Right. Or you're stuck with the guy that can't even has made it to where he can't even live where he represents. You're stuck with that guy. So so look, Peter, this is your first time on the show. Oh, um, I know you're getting ready to do it now. You're gonna do it. Yeah, now? we're getting ready right, to have this, ah. this, this this section of the show is actually being brought to y'all by today's product. This segment is sponsored by Extra Strength Stupidium 46. Do you question mainstream media narratives or do your own research? Then try Stupidium 46 to believe everything you're told. Now an extra strength. Not that many of you are gonna die, so don't worry about it. So don't worry about it, come on. Brought to you by Regenerex, the makers of Libtrol and other amazing products. Y'all know what it is. It's about that time here on the Urban Conservative, ladies and gentlemen. So as this is Peter's first time on it, brother, you didn't know we were going to do this, but you have now entered into the lightning round. We've got a couple of questions. I've been taking some. I got rapid fire for him. I got, I got rapid, fire rapid fire for him. Let's go. And, Paul, uh, Paul, this is the other thing, brother Paul. This is also how you get to know candidates, right? We got to ask questions like this. Are you ready, Peter? I am ready. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. Hot dog or, hot dog biggie or hamburger? Guy. Hamburger. Pizza? I... Okay, hold on. Pizza or subs? Pizza. Okay. All right. Ra Rambo? Oh, hold okay. on. I wasn't done. I wasn't Go done yet. Okay. Rambo or Captain America? 
Captain America. I'm a comic book dork. I have Marvel okay. socks. I wear Captain America socks sometimes. And uh, this is probably the first time I've said that publicly. But next time at an event, try to if you can if you take a peek at my socks, you will notice I'm often wearing very weird looking socks uh -oh, that are usually either Spider Man, Thor. Okay. You kind okay. of took Hold my on. question, Rock, because I was Hold I on. was gonna go Schwarzenegger or Stallone, but go for it. Go for it. Now go. Yeah, Schwarzenegger no. or Stallone. You got to give him that. Schwarzenegger. Really? Okay. Okay. I thought Just, I that was a Stallone guy. Where it, where, I don't know something about the uh, the I'm a big fan of the uh, the powerlifting background. Okay. Uh, Jordan uh, or LeBron? Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Okay. Power See? Rangers or Ninja Turtles? Ninja Turtles, definitely Ninja Turtles. Wow. Okay, I'll take that. All right. So it's going down. You have no choice, okay? It, it is it is absolutely 1000% going down. You have to make your way physically out of an altercation. You're going it's it's going to happen. There's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. Who do you okay. want with you? Who do you want with you? Do you want Donald Trump or do you want Joe Biden? I'm going Donald Trump. Uh I I don't want to have to worry during the fight that I got to help the guy who's supposed to be on my team get off the floor. Um I don't want to worry about that. I'd rather have somebody. I'm not sure Donald Trump is much of a physical brawler, um, but I, 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 would, I wouldn't have to worry about him. Like I wouldn't have to also have his back as well as my own. All right. Sounds all right, good. Cool. What else you got, all, right, all, right, all right. So you, you, you have, you're stuck on a desert island. You can have one meal every day for the rest of your life. You got one album every day for the rest of your life and one book. What are those three things? That one meal, breakfast, lunch, wow. dinner, one album. You're stuck with this album and you're stuck with this book. What do you got? Okay, uh, so I'm going with a steak. Steak breakfast? Steak, steak. Lunch yeah, I'm dinner. stuck with one meal. Oh, I got to pick three different ones? You got no, a no, breakfast, no. you got a lunch, you got a dinner. No, and that's your oh, forever three. breakfast, okay. your forever so, lunch, and your forever dinner. So get me a hobo from Goldberg's for breakfast. Uh, get me, um, let's go with some kind, uh, you know, just like a simple like turkey sandwich for lunch. But, but dinner, I'm going with the steak. I'm a big steak guy. Okay, right. we got another question for you. Ford or Chevy? Ford. No strong preference. I drive a Jeep. Ah, okay. So the, the other question was you got one album. You're stuck on that desert island. You got one album. What's that album? That's an impossible question. That's an impossible question. Right. I can't. I literally can't answer it. I've got to. I've got to bow out of that one. I can't. Right. I'm going to say something because the problem is I'll give you an answer and then exactly two minutes when this interview is over, I'm going to be yelling at myself uh, and saying like, "No, I should have said this. This isn't true." And I've got to, you know, come on the show a second time and I'm just going to talk about, you know, why one album is better than the other. And I don't want right. to do that. So, all right. And then you got one book. What's that other book you're going to go? What's the book? What, what did we talk about earlier? We talked about uh, before the intro. We talked about you also read Gun Germs and Steel. Uh, I don't want to use that because we already talked. We talked about that book already. Um, I'd probably have to go with something fiction, um, just because uh, you know I'm on a desert island. I probably want some escape. And uh, uh, let's go with uh, let's. I'm going to go with the unreleased next Game of Thrones book that hasn't come out yet, Winds of Winter. If I can get that book that doesn't exist yet and probably won't ever come out, I'll take that. All right. Well, look. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been kicking it with Peter Ganley here on the Urban Conservative Podcast. He just made it through the lightning round. So I'm going to make you full screen here and you get the next 30 seconds to plug away. So the floor is yours. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, this is awesome. I really hope to do it again soon. Uh, you, we have a giant, important election coming up this November. I, I hope to earn your support. I, I hope to meet as many of you as possible. When I'm knocking on doors and I'm out in the community and I, I hope to really earn your vote in November and I hope to be the best representative I can be. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the Urban Conservative. One thing we do like to let our guests know is we understand time is the one thing you will not get back. So we are yeah. eternally grateful for you coming to spend an hour of your time with us here on the podcast. We hope to have you back on here soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Ganley running for New York State Assembly District 1 out on Long Island. Hold on, let me, let me share. Let me real quick share the event one more time with you folks. So uh, screenshot right. it really quick. Make sure you guys come out to this event if you are around. Um, again, this is going to be August. Where is it at? Right here. Boom. I got it up on the screen. Monday, August 1st, 6.30 p.m. at Edgewater Restaurant located 295 East Montauk Highway, Hampton Bays. 
It's $125 a person, $75 for committee men. There are sponsorships available. Please RSVP ASAP at JillD927 at yahoo.com. Please do us a favor, screenshot it, support the brother, uh, learn more about him, support the campaign. You don't have to be from New York to support him. So please, once again, come on out August 1st or just buy a ticket and support the campaign. We need to get good conservative elected uh conservative republicans elected especially here in new york so again like my brother said peter thank you so much for taking the time to come thank on you. i'll see you soon i'll definitely be in the building so we'll see you all there right. all right thank, brother, you, so thank much. you so much now ali real quick before we get out of here right because because we had there was something we didn't do before we left right and and we have to do this before we leave um and, I, and listen i'm excited about peter's campaign he's doing the work he's out here working and and we're going to get him elected. That's what's going to happen, folks. We're going to get Peter Sharp, Gandy sharp elected. young dude, bro. I like yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. So so listen, before we go, right, time can't fix stupid. Remember no, this, No, no. Time cannot fix stupid. Doesn't ha- matter how long someone's been elected, right? That That's irrelevant, right? Doesn't matter how long you've been serving in office. That doesn't mean you're not stupid. So before we go, I wanted to share this video, all right? Uh, I want to shout out the Palestinians, for botching our uh yeah just just let me get you guys take on this ali stop the music real quick all right i'm stop, stopping stop the music the right now stop stop, the stop, stop, stop the music. listen look at, look how countries look how countries are doing us right now bro look at how the countries around the world they didn't do trump like this bro they didn't do trump like this listen to this look 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 how they do biden Close your eyes. This sounds like fourth graders. This sounds like an elementary school play that I've sat through. Yo, it looks like he's having a heart attack, bro. Yo, this sounds like fourth grade. This sounds like one of the kids' recorder things that I went to. Little recorder assembly. <laughs> Whoa, how bad is this? Thanks, Palestine. Good job, guys. Uh, way, to, way to go, guys. It, that could go. not be more right. appropriate. All right. Uh, One other thing I wanted to show y'all before we left, right, Ali? Look at look at the arrival of Donald Trump in the Middle East, okay? You ready for this? Look no, at this. Look I, at this I, arrival. I, I, guys, I haven't seen this. I, I'm just I'm look, telling look you. At this arrival. Look at this arrival. So that, that was gonna... Biden and Palestine, you said? Yeah. Look, look how they gave it to Trump, though. Look, look. Where where does this Trump thing happen at? Where's this at? Hold on, it's coming. Whoa. I just whoa. Did y'all see that, folks? Yeah, hold I don't know on. why it's doing that. Oh, that sucks. Hold on. Hold on, uh, hold on. I got it. I got it. Rewind uh, it back. They're not letting me share. They're not letting me share. It's sharing. It's on the screen. It's on the screen. It's on the screen. Yikes. Yeah, they gave it up big time for Trump, though. Look at this. <laughs> Look how they welcomed me. They got this. Yo. Wow, son. They got the tribes out, all the shakes is out. So wait a minute, wait a look minute. Look at this guy. Hold on. So now look, look at this. That now you see that vibe, right? This is what the country is thinking of us right now. This is what the world is thinking of us versus versus this. This is this is what you got. This versus this. You see this? No, I don't see anything yet, bro. That's just. But they this want you, you to believe. 
the uh, royal family as well. That's what you got. And then later on in this trip, he'll be meeting with Gulf. Hey, rushed him in. It's over. <laughs> whether it's Yo, he didn't get a trumpet. He didn't get a flute. He didn't get nothing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, all right, bro. Listen, ladies look, and gentlemen. This is what you got right here. That's it. Ah, right, yeah, right. No, it's not working, bro. Just, 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 just. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they oh, I, I didn't add, I didn't add it. In Saudi Arabia. Earlier this week, there had been a ton of so you got. that President Biden would not be shaking. Yeah, it's, it's skipping, bro. It's, all right, we're out of here, folks. We tried. We tried. Thanks again for Peter Ganley coming on. Shout out uh, to all of y'all that support the podcast. We really appreciate y'all. Tuconservative.com right, is the man, website. Listen, listen, and don't let nobody tell you that Donald Trump doesn't, the United States wasn't respected under Donald Trump. Did y'all just see that? The difference in those two? They was like, li literally get this guy in here, get him out of here versus, ah, I need <laughs> Yeah, you know listen, man. That was that's terrible. Oh, God, I, I didn't want to do that earlier on, but listen, folks, we appreciate you guys. Stay tuned. We got some other live footage coming up during the week. Some other live uh shows we'll be doing throughout the week now. Um, shout out to everybody that supports the Urban Conservative again. Shouts out to you two A. Shouts out to our brother Sharply out there and all of our U two A brothers and sisters holding us down. Shouts out to Brother Gaines, of course. Um, all of our supporters think before you vote. And all of our wonderful groups that support the Urban Conservative. We'll see you guys. Make sure, uh, sure y'all tune in tomorrow morning, 7.30 and 8.30 a.m. I'll be live with David Hensley on WEEB. You can go to the Weeb and check us out there. Uh, or you can check out that show. broadcast here. If you want to If you want to tune in here and hear the show, you can. We will be streaming it live here on the Urban Conservative as well. So we out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the evening. It's 9 o'clock. We done, bro. We out of here. Peace.